Thank you, Brother Samson. Brother Samson to Brother Samson. Too many Samsons, you have to call them by the first name. I will tell you a little incident. I am one that uh, I'd rather be kind of, you know, in the midst of the crowd or even at the back of the crowd. We were at Brother Paul's little juniors in Kentucky, and, um, and when I got there, I was only Samson there. And um, so I was sitting up on the second pew, and it was at his uh, anniversary service, I believe it was. Packed out house anyway, and uh, uh, another Samson wasn't there quite when church started. If it was, it was right before. But they had a long ways to go, so I'll give them <laughs> credit. And so um, Brother Uzzle was having, having uh, the pastors, different pastors come up, and I had preached for him not too I preached for him several times, a few times. And uh, he was looking right, actually it was this way, looking right at me, but actually he was looking over me, but the glare on his glasses and he said, we want Brother Sampson to come up here. And he had had all them pastors. I thought, why is he having me? But sometimes some preachers will have the different ministers to come up. And I just sat there and he said, it's not that long, far of a walk. He said, come on. And I kind of look around. And so I get up and I make it to right to the next to the last step. And he turns, looked at me and he said, wrong Sampson. You talking about feeling like crawling under a rug. I was embarrassed. I just turned and was fixing to walk back down. He's now oh, come on up. And uh, he told me afterwards, he said, he said, the only thing, he said, I never even seen you. He said, it didn't cross my mind. He said, um, he's the only thing I could tell. He said, Brother Kelly Sampson was at the back. And he said, he got up and made a few steps. I don't know how many. And he said, all I seen him was turn around and go back. And he was thinking, why? Is he going and sitting down when I just invited him up here? He said, Did I? I know I didn't cuss or nothing. And uh, it wasn't until he turned around and seen me standing there. And that's whenever I realized I didn't even see him coming. Uh, needless to say, next time they're going to call me by my first name before I move. <laughs> Lord willing, that will never happen again. I was quite embarrassed. But uh, anyway, it happened. <laughs> So there's so many Samsons around here. We got to call them by their first name. Um, anyway, I know a lot of churches, a lot of people nowadays, they just call them by their first name without using their last name. I don't do that. Personally, I think that's disrespectful. That's just my personal opinion. I think you should say brother or elder or pastor or, you know, that's just my personal feelings on the matter, which is neither here nor there. But anyway, thank you, Brother Samson, for allowing us to come. I appreciate it. Brother Caleb Samson. Uh, good these are good folks right here and I'm so glad that they're still preaching the gospel I'm so thankful that they are lifting up that blood-stained banner and they ain't letting the enemy they ain't letting the devil they ain't letting the, even their neighbors stop them from preaching truth and coming in here and push, pushing in pre-service prayer pushing in worship and sister Samson my word I love to hear her sing she is a tremendous singer and worship leader I told my wife today I said she is a leader and I love that so very much she's always been such an inspiration to me and I love it and I appreciate it so very much I want my wife to come she's already here and uh, I'd already asked her if she was going to sing but anyway let's just worship the Lord as they sing tonight you may be seated. I come out of agreement with the lie that you have left me on my own. I am not alone. 
so thankful we have a protector in the Lord Jesus Christ when you sold out when you turn your life over to him you have a protector he will never leave you nor will he forsake you but he'll go with you all the way not part of the way not three quarters of all of the way 
not seven-eighths of the way, but he will go with you all the way, even unto the end of the world. We've got so much to be thankful for. That's why the apostolic people are so excited. That's why the true apostolic people don't have a problem worshiping their God. That's why the people that are full of the Holy Ghost love to worship. They love to come to church. They love to magnify God because they know that the Lord will be with them every step of the way. We are not in the battle alone, but we are serving the one and only true God that can that has and that will deliver his people thank God for his grace thank God for his protection thank God for his spirit God is so good to us I don't want to take it for granted what we feel in this place, uh, what we've experienced in this place. Uh, it's so easy. You know, you know there, there's a lot of times you see some, sometimes in revival, there's people praying through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, brand new souls coming in and, and they've never heard it preached like this before and the Spirit of God gets a hold of their heart uh, and they make their way to an altar and they repent of their sins uh, and the tears are streaming down their face uh, and their hands are lifted and they don't even know how to pray because it's brand new to them and during that time uh, there will be some that are sitting on the pew dry eyed uh, no expression no emotion no feeling whatsoever but thank God for those uh, that are sensitive to the power of the Holy Ghost uh, it's the Holy Ghost uh, that's going to keep you it's going to it's going to take you all the way from here to glory but you got to stay connected to the one and only true God you got to keep yourself emotional in prayer. That's what breaks down that wall of, of, of just that, that old hardness, that shell. And I thank God for his presence. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. There's nothing new that I could find anywhere in the Bible that hadn't been preached and many times preached over. But I'm not looking for a new thing. I'm sticking with the old paths, just like we talked about this morning. Them old foundations. I'm not going to be one of those that is uh, anxious as uh, uh, he was, uh, Brother Caleb was mentioning earlier about the, the lights. And churches are doing all kinds of things to try to attract attention to them. But when you got a fire burning inside of you, how many times have you been riding down the road or uh, sitting on your porch or wherever you may be, and you can see in the distance there's a glow that's normally not there. And it brings you, uh, we've, we've done it before. We've gotten our vehicle and we just, we didn't have. A, a GPS to tell us where the where the fire was. We didn't have anybody telling us where to go, but we just kept following the sign. The sign was the glow. The sign was something that was abnormal of what we was used to seeing, and we just kept making every turn that we had to make. And if we found ourselves going the wrong direction, we didn't stop until we got to the fire because we wanted to see what was on fire. When you get on fire for God, you don't have to try to direct somebody to where you are at. When this church is on fire. You don't have to try to convince somebody that the Holy Ghost is here. It's that, it's that fire. It's that attraction. It's that Holy Ghost anointing that will make people come from afar just to see what's going on. And that's that Holy Ghost in fire. No, I apologize for taking so long. I'm just not your traditional preacher. I'm just me, and that's all I know how to be is me. I'd be really bad if I tried to be anybody but me. 
And I know me is not good, but that's all we got. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, uh, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Brother, Brother Samson, would you pray over the remainder of this service, please? Thank you, Brother Simpson. You may be seated in Jesus' name. This was one of the greatest, it was the greatest moment in the history of time was the birth of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and it wasn't ordinary. That's what I love about living for God. I love about his book because we don't serve an ordinary God. He's an extraordinary God. He don't do just ordinary things. He does extraordinary things. And the birth of Jesus was no ordinary birth. It was the one and only that's ever been and ever will be on that wise. And the birth of Jesus. And we know that how, how the story progressed and then Jesus come on the, the earth and, and begin to, uh, he, he just began to live out uh, his life. And, uh, and the Matthew chapter 3 verse 1 says, In those days John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judah, Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and uh, uh, leather with gir a girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and, and wild honey. Then went out he to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan confessing their sins I'm telling you a lot of times we start this journey and it's just like learning to play an instrument we start it and we want to be a professional in about two or three days we don't like the process of time that it takes to get to be what we are our focus our goal and our desires are but it sometimes it just takes a little time and Jesus he was coming he was there but it was just John but John doing the will of the Lord he was preparing the way of the Lord and he was baptized and he was doing what he could do but there was one he said coming after him that was mightier than he was whose shoes that he was not even worthy to loosen and so he was continuing and doing the best that he could and that's what we got to do when we feel like that we don't know when things aren't going exactly the way we want them to go you just got to do the 
the will of God, do the work of God, and in time pass, and in due time, God's gonna make your flower open up and bloom at the right time, and God will use you in that time. But you don't need to get ahead of God. You don't need to get ahead of the will of God. But you need to trust in God's plan because there is coming a day that your life will blossom. Your walk with God is gonna bloom into something that only God can do. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 said, I indeed baptize you with water into repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We've preached about fire of the Holy Ghost. I've heard it preached ever since I have been born up until this time in my life. And that fire is a perpetual fire. The Holy Ghost fire will not go out. Now you may let it go out of your life, but it is a fire. The Bible says he will not dwell in an unclean temple. So if we don't keep our temple clean and we don't keep it prepared for the Lord to dwell on the inside, the fire doesn't go out. The fire just departs. But I'm telling you, that fire's not ever gonna go out. And we've gotta keep that fire in us if we wanna be a part of him because he is that fire. He's that Holy Ghost in fire. It's like a fire that's shut up in your bones. And that's why when you come into the house of the Lord, that's why you get into a prayer meeting. You can't be still. You can't keep your mouth shut. You can't keep your hands down to your side. You can't keep your emotions from being affected by what you're feeling because it's a fire that only God can put on the inside of you. It's a fire that only God can put on the inside of you. You may be seated, but it's that fire. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the Son and of the Holy Ghost, uh, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Uh, John 14, 25 says, These things have I spoken unto you, uh, being yet present with you, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Acts 1 said the former... Uh, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach uh, until the day in which he was taken up. Uh, after that, he, through the Holy Ghost, uh, had given commandment unto the apostles uh, whom he had chosen, to whom he also he showed himself alive uh, after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days uh, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the Father which said he ye have heard of me for John truly baptized with water but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence I'm telling you the preachers are preaching and they're telling us that revival's coming but I'm telling you friend we've heard it and we've heard it but what we don't realize sometimes it's not just coming it's been coming and it's passing through and if you want to be a part of revival you've got to get connected to what is preached you've got to fall in love and believe the word of God is alive forevermore and the fire is raging and it's burning it's burning but you've got to make it up in your mind that it's going to burn inside of you 
You may be seated. That fire is a fire that only God can give and only God can withdraw. We ain't going to make it from here to glory without that fire. We ain't going to make it in life with a smile on our face without that fire. We are not going to be true witnesses unto this world without that fire. We are not going to be true worshipers without that fire. You are not going to be a true child of God without that fire. You ain't going to be a preacher without that fire. You ain't going to be a good saint without that fire. You ain't going to be a prayer warrior without that fire. You are not going to be called of God without the fire living in dwelling on the inside of you the only way you're going to keep it burning you've got to stay connected to an altar you've got to submit yourself therefore unto God you've got to submit to the man of God you've got to be submitted to the word of God You ever seen a fireplace with no fire burning? You can pack that thing full of wood all you want to till you can't get another splinter inside of it. And in those cold winter days, it ain't gonna do you an ounce of good. You could have a box of matches sitting right by the fireplace uh, and it's not gonna keep you warm. You're gonna be just as cold as if there was no fireplace uh, or if there was no wood in the fireplace uh, or if there's no matches by the fireplace. Uh, and you could come to church uh, and there is an altar, there's a fire burning, but if you wanna be connected, if you wanna be on fire, you've gotta get your wood in the fire. You've gotta make yourself to a place where there's a fire and there's anointing that you can't help but to catch on fire with what is going on from the word of God. You can't let it die out. You can't give the devil room to get in your mind. You can't give the devil one ounce of attention, but you give God your undivided attention and let God lead and guide and direct your path and you'll be a happy person. Too many people, you may be seated. Too many people claim to be apostolic, but there's never a smile on their face. Too many people claim to be Pentecostal. They claim to have the Holy Ghost, but you never see any signs of it. Oh, I'm telling you, it can be called a fireplace, but when the fire is burning, that's when it's effective. When there's a fire on the inside, that's what draws people to it. A church is just a church. A congregation is just a congregation. A pastor is just a pastor. But without the fire, that's all they'll ever be. But where there's a fire, there is a people that love their God. Where there's a fire, there is a Holy Ghost anointing that comes with it that's simply undeniable. It started in the book of Acts and it's burning today. You know how I know? Because it took the fire to take a bashful young man that couldn't even testify very well. I was going up on thank the Lord coming down for the Holy Ghost. That's how backward I was. I was not one that was always, I never even said I wanted to be a preacher. But God took this bashful boy. God took this old country boy that don't claim to be very smart because I know better to tell a lie. But God took somebody that knows that if I'm going to do anything and ever be effective in the work of God, I got to rely on God. 
many of you, somebody like me here, I don't know why he did it. I can't tell you why he did it. But I just know better to do anything without God's help and without asking God for his strength and for his direction because I know that God does everything right. You may be seated. My aunts asked me, one of them did ask me before church this morning, said, are you nervous? I said, no, I'm not nervous because I learned a long time ago. If God don't help me, it's going to be a flop. I don't care what kind of message I think I have. It's going to be a flop. It ain't going to help nobody. It's not going to be effective to anybody in a positive way. It's not going to be any good. Do I get nervous sometimes wondering whether I have got in the presence of God and whether I've spent enough time and whether I've got the mind of God? Yes, I worry about myself sometimes, but I'm not worried about God. God's not nervous. He wasn't nervous about what I was going to preach even when I didn't know what I was going to preach. He wasn't worried about anything. This is his church. It's a house of prayer, and you're his people. And I'm telling you, God don't do anything by mistake. He's got a plan, and I want to be in the middle of that plan. I want to follow the heartbeat of God, but the only way I can have that heartbeat, I got to fall in love with an altar. I got to fall in love with an altar. That's the foundation. You can worship, and I love to worship. You can run the aisles, and I love to be involved in every part of the service. But if you don't have that altar in your life, you are trying to build a house without a foundation. You may be seated. It won't work. You can dance till you fall over and faint, but without prayer. Oh, without prayer. Prayer is what girds up our minds. Uh, prayer is what, it, it, it shoves out all the distraction. Prayer is what opens up that channel when the word of God comes forth uh, that we'll uh, make a connection with what's being said uh, and we'll have a receiving spirit uh, and we'll open up ourselves to it and we'll feel the word of God talking directly to us uh, in what is being said but you ain't gonna have it and you ain't gonna understand it without prayer I can't preach without prayer I can't live for God without prayer the only way that you can get the Holy Ghost you've got to pray You've got to open up your mouth and talk to God. You've got to speak to him. My wife would have never married me if I would have just looked at her and made Google eyes all day long. If I never spoke to her, she would have never said I do. She would have never known anything but the way that I looked at her. You've got to open up your mouth if you want some results. And if you are the bride of Christ, if you expect to be the bride of Christ, you've got to talk to him. You've got to let him know that you love him. You've got to let him know that he is your world he means everything to you and when you do he's gonna take you by the hand and he's gonna lead you and you're gonna walk through this life a whole lot happier knowing whose hand is in the hand your hands are in you may be seated there's nothing like living for the Lord There's nothing that compares to living for God. 
there's nothing that compares. People are caught up in religion. But when you get caught up in the spirit, you ain't worried about religion. You're worried about a relationship with God. When you get caught up in prayer, you ain't worried about anybody else and what they think about you, how you're worshiping, how you're lifting your voice in prayer, how you're lifting your voice, sing of the song to Zion. When you get caught up in the spirit, all you want to do is love them that don't love you. All you want to do is pray for them that don't care nothing about you. You want to pray for them that you feel like is your hindrance. And you feel like that they are your problem when you fall in love with God. When you get entangled in the love of God. I, I got a long ways to go. I'm talking about in my walk with God. I'm so far from where I need to be, where I want to be. But I have learned. I have learned that. Uh, and I say this often where I preach. But it's uh, in places that I preach. I have prayed, and I know we come in here with our flesh. Our flesh is what brought us in here. And if we have ailments, we feel them when we come in. If we're tired in body, we're tired when we walk in these doors. I'm fully aware that uh, none of us has wings on our back. Uh, some people may think they do, but they really don't. Uh, you don't have wings on your back, and you didn't float in here. You walked in here, and you felt every step. Sometimes with them old knee joints hurting uh, in your back or whatever that it may be, you come in here with pressures of life and you come here with your bills and you still got them bills when you walk through them doors and you still got to face situations and things that you're dealing with when you walk through them doors but what makes a difference is I've come down to an altar and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I about an hour rolls by and I don't even feel really any different than what I did that first minute and moment that I begin to pray it ain't always this way but it's been this way many times. And I prayed. And, and, you know, like if we're having seven to eight prayer meeting, if it's one of those nights, everybody, you can tell when people are filtering out, it gets a little quieter and a little quieter. And you can tell that it's apparently time for people to go or whatever. And there's been times that I just wasn't, I wasn't satisfied. I just didn't feel everything I wanted to feel. And I wasn't doing anything wrong. I just didn't feel what I wanted to feel. I wanted to feel something that made me feel broken, that the tears would flow down my face uh, because that's my strength. Uh, and I wanted that strength. And after an hour of feeling nothing but just going through the, the prayers, praying for people and doing what we know to do. But I said, God, I know, Lord, I know that, that uh, you know, that you are real. And I know that you're here in every prayer and every word I've spoken up until this point. Uh, but God, I want more. And I I, I'm telling you, it ain't matter. Um, just a matter of a few moments. Uh, I felt the presence of God, and that you know what our pastor says. Uh, he says, you know how you pray through is when you pray till you don't want to stop. Uh, and too many, too many people they stop uh, after a lot of time of prayer, whether it's 15, 30, 45 an hour, whatever that it is. Uh, but sometimes God wants to see how bad you want it. Uh, I'm telling you that wino don't care to beg for a dollar that wino don't care to sit and look like a bum in rags all he wants is one more drink and if he can get a dollar from a rich person he's gonna ask for it if he can get a dollar from a poor person he's gonna ask for it because his number one goal and focus is to get one more drink 
when we become intoxicated on the Holy Ghost, we don't care about anything. That's when you know that you have prayed through. When you don't care about anything but getting another drink from that fountain of living water. When you don't care about anything but feeling the glory of God come down and bust through the seams of this this roof right here. Oh my Lord, help us to learn to be intoxicated with God. It'll change your life. It'll change your perspective. It'll change your outlook. And I'm not saying that we're not, please don't take me the wrong way. I'm just trying to encourage you that there is so much more that God has for his people. There is so much more. I thank God for Azusa Street, but why should we live in the past? As I preached about this morning, we should have the anointing of God, and it's here, but it's what we do with it. It's already here, but it's what we do with it. Let's don't let the pastor and the sister pastor carry that load by themselves. Let's don't let the the song leaders and the musicians carry that load by themselves. Don't even let a few of the faithful worshipers do it by themselves. What would happen if we would all join together in unity, in prayer, in worship, in focus, praise to God. What kind of church would this church be? I gotta hurry and get out of the way. Acts 2. I just made mention of what would happen if we would join together and unify together for one purpose. What would happen? Now in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 said, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, y'all could quote this if you wanted to, they were all with one accord in one place. We're in one place. Now all we got to do is be in one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as the rush of mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set up on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And there were those dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when the noise was, with this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man they they heard them speaking in their own language and they were all amazed and marveled saying one to another behold are not all these which speak Galileans how we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born and it goes through and giving all the different names I'll skip all that and verse 12 and said and they were all amazed and were in doubt saying one to another what meaneth this but uh, and others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. Yes, they were, sure were. They were full of a new wine. It wasn't the wine that they thought they were talking about, uh, that they were talking about, but it was that Holy Ghost wine. It was that Holy Ghost outpouring because they were unified. They went in the house of prayer and apparently every single one of them had one goal in mind. Jesus had just departed. Jesus had just ascended unto the heavens. Instead of them crying in their grief, they went to the house and made it a house of prayer. They went to an upper room and they said, let's have church. And they had church and the Holy Ghost fell and everyone received that gift of the Holy Ghost. Why don't we stand to our feet as they come to the music now? Why don't we lift our hands and begin to magnify God and let's ask God to help us to be of one mind and one accord that the Spirit of God
would come down just like it did in the book of Acts. He hasn't changed. He hasn't lost any power. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm telling you, friend, I know even through my mistakes, I know that I can't make it without God. I don't want to try to make it without God. I don't want my flesh to stand in the way of the presence of God. And sometimes from service to service you will encounter situations that may knock you on your back it's not about getting knocked down friend the word of God tells us rejoice not against me oh my enemy for when I fall it didn't say if but when I fall I shall arise that's the main thing you've got to get up and keep on fighting we are not quitters God didn't call you into his kingdom for you to be a quitter but you're a warrior you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you you are more than conquerors through him through Jesus if you'll fall in love with his word and fall in love with him You got to keep the fire burning. I've heard it said many times. We never had a fireplace, to my knowledge. But I've heard even my pastor talk about it many times. Uh, there was 15 brothers and sisters in their family. No hats, no steps, all holes. Uh, every one of them. Uh, and uh, and they, uh, they were stair steps. Uh, he said, we thought that it was an annual thing that every year there was supposed to be a, supposed to be a baby, come, a new baby coming out of the bedroom. Uh, um, uh, but, uh, and they had them old fireplaces. He said, but you can have that fire good and hot and burning. Uh, and sometimes this is the way people are. They come to church uh, and the fire's burning because somebody has stirred it up. Somebody's prayed it up and prayed it down. Somebody's worshiped it and they feel the warmth thereof and they'll leave just like our pastor said. But about two o'clock in the morning, it's starting to die down. I'm telling you friend, if you ain't keeping something poured on the fire, if you ain't keeping those prayers poured on the altar, if you ain't keeping that worship poured around the front of this church, you're going to go cold and you're going to find your family needing something needing the warmth of God but it's not going to be there let's keep it burning let's keep it burning now I know perhaps this hasn't been a conviction type message but this is a salvation message and this message wasn't written by me this message wasn't, wasn't put out of the sky by me. I just picked up a book and I found it therein. I heard it preached and I got a hold of it. I heard it preached again and I didn't say I've heard it before. I don't need to hear it again, but I fell in love with it. Preach again to me, preacher, because I know what it did for them in the book of Acts and I don't want to just say it was for them. I don't want to just believe it according to my actions, but I want my actions to say, send it on down, Lord. Send it on down, Lord. Send it down. Send your power down that I could experience that Holy Ghost fire. Why don't we give the Lord some praise as I step out of the way. Let's worship God. If you want to pray, if you need the Holy Ghost, there's no better time than right now. Right now, all you got to do is lift your hands to the Holy One of Heaven and let God fill you with that fire. Oh, there was a crowd gathered.